0: Welcome to the One Foot Down Podcast, episode number four. I'm Eric. I'll be riding solo today. This will be a bit of a shorter podcast. Uh, we have the July Big Board up on our site today. Um, lots of movement on that Big Board after some visits. Uh, and This will be just kind of an audio accompany to that post on the site. I wanted to first go over some of the new commits or the verbals that I missed uh, since we... Did the last big board update? Uh, running back Nick Chubb has verbal to Georgia, uh, so the Bulldogs now have two strong running backs again for their recruiting class. Uh, wide receiver athlete Jacob Jacob mccrary has verbal to West Virginia. Uh, he was originally a commit to Florida State a while back and decommitted uh, a long time ago. Also, defensive lineman DeAndre Clark has committed to LSU and two defensive backs, uh, Jermaine Pratt, has committed to NC State and I think yesterday or day two days ago, defensive back Jonathan Lockett verbaled to Washington. So that's some of the verbals that I missed, uh, except for Lockett, who was yesterday. Um, nothing too surprising there, nothing crushing for Notre Dame. I know they were... Hoping hoping to get in on DeAndre Clark a little bit. I believe he's out of Oklahoma. Um, But after him showing some interest early on, it looks like uh, he's not going to be part of Notre Dame's plans moving forward. Uh, I'll post those verbals on the the big board. I'm taping this on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Moved around some of the players on the big board. and I'll just go through some of those, some of the players and where they moved. Uh, starting with quarterback Brandon Dawkins, I moved him down to cold. Obviously, with Deshaun Kaiser, or is it Deshaun? I'm not sure how they pronounce his name. I think it's Deshaun. Uh, with Kaiser coming to Notre Dame, I think the staff has cooled uh, on Dawkins, so I moved him down to cold. Uh, Eric Brown, I moved him down to cold as well. I think he is announcing at the opening in a couple days. Terry Gugger, I think, is another player who's announcing at the opening. I moved him down to cold. Uh, I don't think either of those players are going to be picking Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's even in their top five or top ten. I did move Corey Holmes and Isaiah McKenzie up to hot. I moved them both up to hot. I'll talk a little bit about them in a little bit. Uh, I moved Artavis Scott down to cold. Um, I think he's announcing at the opening as well. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm not sure if Terry Guger is announcing. I think it's Scott who's going to be announcing at the opening. I uh, moved Cameron Sims up to mild. Um, I was a little, I was debating that move a little bit. Uh, he did visit Notre Dame um, this past month in June, but I'm not sure how much interest he has or how much real interest he has. I don't know how a legitimate interest he has, but I know the coaching staff is going hard after the... Louisiana kids, and he seems to be one of the kids that probably isn't going to go to LSU. I don't think he even has an LSU offer yet. Uh, Moving on the list, and again, I'll put this on the site, uh, moved Curtis Samuel down to cold and Nathan Starks down to cold. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about Samuel. Starks, as many of you know, um, got kicked out of school, so that kind of threw a wrench in Notre Dame's plans, and... As I'll talk about in a little bit, we'll look at the roster and the scholarship uh, limits. I'm not sure he really fits into the plans anymore anyway. Um, I think maybe if things shake out a little differently and he's able to get things back on track with school, he might be uh, back on Notre Dame's radar. But for now, I moved him down to cold. Um, I moved Tyler Luatua up to hot. There was an update recently saying that Notre Dame leads with his recruitment. Uh, that's a battle with Alabama right now. Some thought Alabama leaded and apparently the Irish are out in front there. Um, I think I would have been okay with keeping him at mild. I don't know if he's going to be someone who's going to be deciding anytime soon. Usually when we put players up to hot on the big board, that means they're going to be deciding pretty soon. Um but I moved him up to hot, and I'll talk about him a little bit more later as well. I uh, moved Josh Frazier down to cold, um, big defensive tackle. Um, a lot like uh, Brandon Dawkins. Notre Dame was in on his recruitment early, but it's pretty much faded past three or four months. I moved Lorenzo Carter up to mild. Uh, looks like he had a really good visit. Um, Notre Dame's probably in his top group, but, um, didn't want to move him up to hot at all. He's probably going to be someone they're going to have to work on for a long time, being a high five star kid, and, um, uh, it's going to be pretty difficult to pull him out of the south, but I think moving him up to mild is pretty positive. Also moved Matt Elam up to mild, uh, again, pretty strong visit. I don't think anyone really knows... What's going on in his head? I know people have said he's a bit of a – he's a different cat. Let's put it that way. And uh, I know he's visiting Kentucky soon, and some people expect him to verbal there. But I'm pretty sure Notre Dame's going to stay on him pretty hard over the next five or six months, regardless of what he does. I also moved uh, Thomas Holly Solomon, Solomon Thomas up to mild. A couple more defensive line prospects who have visited, and Notre Dame has a pretty good shot at signing at some point. Uh, two more players, Kevin Muhan, uh, visited with his teammate, Lorenzo Carter. He's a middle linebacker, moved him up to mild. And the last pro- prospect is Richard Juergen, um, also moving him up to mild. So it's a pretty good handful of defensive prospects that are moving up on the big board. Notre Dame's made some good moves there. And uh, we'll talk about some of those guys here in a second. So, basically, what I wanted to do today, in conjunction with the big board post coming up, going up on the site, was take a look at the scholarship numbers and the overall numbers crunch. There, it's been about two weeks since we posted some content. Whiskey had done the numbers crunch, and Jim took a look at some of the recruiting aspects. Uh, since that. Stuff has gone up on our site. Notre Dame has added punter slash kicker Tyler Newsom and defensive end slash linebacker Jonathan Booker. Um, I'll talk about where I think he fits in with the numbers crunch and all that. So back on June 14th with the last piece of content, we had 12 scholarships left. Um, I think the the gold number right now, it's about 23 scholarships. I don't know why I said about. It's 23. It's a pretty solid number. Um, so you add in the commitments of Newsom and Booker, and that'll drop it down to 12 scholarships left. Uh, that's 13 commits overall. So let's just want to just look at each position and see what Notre Dame's probably targeting for the rest of the year. Um, this might be something we do every once in a while. It's the off season, so might as well talk about some stuff like this. Um, back in the middle of June, I had um, no quarterbacks, no running backs. I don't think Notre Dame's really going to be targeting either of those groups. Um, definitely not quarterback now. I know we were talking about on the last podcast whether they would take two quarterbacks, but um, just looking at the numbers and some of the talk that's been going on, I don't think they're really going to try for another quarterback. It's not a strong class. They probably have to take a reach at some point. And I know that the staff is really high on Kaiser, and um, he's doing really well. Some of the showcases we'll talk about him in a little bit. As far as running back, um, again, possibly Nathan Starks, but I think that's kind of a long shot at this point. Another long shot would probably be Mixon, out of California. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, he's still in the cold category category on the the big board. Uh, he hasn't visited yet, and I'm pretty sure his plans are still to announce at the U.S. Army Bowl. So that's quite a, a ways of a way. So I wouldn't expect Notre Dame to get a verbal from a quarterback or running back. Um, for the rest of this cycle. So I'm just going to go through the rest of this podcast and this section um, without any running backs or quarterbacks being involved. Wide receiver, on the other hand, is another position where Notre Dame has a lot of prospects they're looking at here. Um, Back in mid-June, I had two wide receivers that I think they would sign. And if you listen to some of the Some of the recruiting experts talk about two players, um, Corey Holmes and Isaiah McKenzie. It's looking like these guys are about as close to being verbal as you can be. Um, Corey Holmes had his third visit, I think, to Notre Dame in June. He's going to be taking a visit to UCLA, and from what I hear, he's going to be a verbal most likely after that visit to UCLA, um, and then Isaiah McKenzie. Um, I've read some stuff, seen some stuff that he's actually a silent verbal. Just waiting on some uh, academic issues there. So um, I've also seen some stuff where the staff might be taking as many as five wide receivers, but I don't I don't think they'll be taking that many. Uh, if you take five wide receivers, you're going to have to take. A couple scholarships away from the defense, and looking at last year's class, there was a lot of kids on offense that came in, and the defensive numbers were a little low. And I think um, the second half of this cycle, this 2014 cycle, it's going to be they're going to hit really hard on the defensive recruits. So let's just project Holmes and McKenzie in Notre Dame question is will they take another receiver and when you look at the guys on their board i would have to think that they might still have mark andrews Um, he might be fading a little bit but you never know josh malone same story Um, cameron sims talked about him already malaki dupree another kid from louisiana he's still in the cold section of the big board Um, i think he's a lot like sims Might not be an LSU lock. I think he's looking at a lot of different schools. And then the other three receivers that I would look at and say, Notre Dame's definitely going to take these kids if they want. Um, The first being Makaya Quick. He's a bit of a two-way player. He could play in the secondary, but I'm pretty sure the Notre Dame coaching staff wants him at receiver. Um, The other one would be Juju Smith. Um... Again, another two-way athlete. I actually think the staff is looking at him at safety, um, so I'll talk about him in a, in a couple minutes. And the third would be Alan Lazard. Um, I'm not sure what's going to go on with him or if he would even decommit from Iowa State at this point. I think if Notre Dame gets a verbal from Holmes and McKenzie uh, before summer's out, I'm not sure if they're going to really push that hard for Lazard and you know, if they're not pushing that hard for him, he's probably not going to decommit. But I would definitely say, out of all those wide receivers, Quick would probably be someone that they're going to take no matter what. So, at Holmes, McKenzie, and Brent, who's also already committed, that's three. Um, I think they would probably make room for an elite fourth wide receiver, but for now, I'll just we'll keep it at three, uh, projecting Holmes and McKenzie with Brent. If you look at tight end. Um, and I'll just talk about this in conjunction with the offensive line. I had tight end with zero, but um, it's looking like um, Tyler Luatua, who I moved up on the big board, is favoring Notre Dame at the moment. and He wants to play tight end in college. I think Notre Dame's kind of trying to walk a thin line there of telling him that he can play tight end at, at Notre Dame, but... He's definitely a big-skill prospect, as Brian Kelly would term it, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to possibly try him at outside linebacker. Um, So I'll just keep that in mind as I look at the rest of the positions here. Um, He would fit, I think, with the scholarship numbers a lot better if he takes up an outside linebacker spot. So just keep that in mind uh, as I keep going here. Offensive line, I had one more. Um, pretty much looking at Braden Smith or bust at this point. Um, he's probably not going to be deciding anytime soon, and I'm not sure if he's going to be someone who's going to stretch it all the way to January or Signing Day. But um, he has the feel to me of someone who's probably going to wait till December. Or so, and like I said on Jim's post back in June, I'm I'm okay with the four offensive linemen they have right now. Um, I think the the numbers with getting 5 last year and 4 it's perfectly fine. 9 in 2 years is uh that's a pretty good number. So I'm kind of just looking here at my notes if looking at tight end or offensive line right now I either have zero tight end or one offensive line or zero offensive line or one tight end so um, looking at the defensive line um, originally I had 3 um, on Jim's post. But now that's down to two with the, the verbal of Bonner out of Missouri. Uh, I know the, the word on the street was that he could play any position in that front seven. Uh, well, not any position. He could play defensive end or middle linebacker, outside linebacker. I don't see any way how he's a middle linebacker. I don't think he really has the body type to be an outside linebacker. He looks like, uh, He's definitely going to be bulking up into a defensive end. I think maybe he could be a cat linebacker, but um, I'd actually be interested to pick the staff's brain on that because he looks like he has a body type that's going to be 270, 275, even as an underclassman, and I don't think they want someone quite that big at cat linebacker. So I have him down as a defensive lineman for now. If you look at some of the targets here, Um, They want two more. I know we were talking amongst ourselves um, at one foot down that uh, five would probably be the number there. uh, That's kind of a target that I I wanted. I was okay with or promoted signing more defensive linemen than offensive linemen this cycle, especially with Nick's leaving and Tua possibly leaving. We had Grant Blankenship. Um, visiting in June, not a highly rated kid. I grew up as an N.D. fan, and I think this will be kind of a telltale on what the staff's going to be doing with the defensive line. Uh, I know he Blinkenship is going to be deciding relatively soon, probably before summer's up. And if his offer is committable and he verbals to Notre Dame, I think that's a pretty clear signal that they're definitely going to be taking five defensive linemen. If uh, Blankenship gets his verbal, that's four in the class, along with uh, Bonner, who I have as a defensive lineman. And then you also have Trombetti and Hayes also committed, so that's four. And then you look at some of the targets, they still have Elam, Holly, and Thomas as guys who are definitely projected to the defensive line. El- Elam and Holly are more defensive tackles, possibly nose guard prospects, and then Solomon Thomas out of Texas. He had a really good visit as well. Um, he could be a defensive end as well, so um, you'd have to think they're going to stay on those guys pretty hard as well. Looking at outside linebacker, um, again, if Luatua is a member of the outside linebacker unit as a freshman, um, I think that makes... The numbers crunch a little bit easier for the staff. Um, I don't think taking two tight ends with uh, Wisher and Luatua is really ideal at this point. Uh, not you never know how it's going to play out, but I don't really think they need two tight ends after grabbing two tight ends last year. So if Luatua is at outside linebacker, um, that would only be one more outside linebacker they would need. Um, obviously Lorenzo Carter. Huge prospect. They're going to stand him. And then you also have Andrew Williams as another uh, pretty highly rated kid. Um, so definitely probably two more outside linebackers are needed. You look at the middle linebacker, also two more. Um, you got Muhan who visited with his teammate, Lorenzo Carter. Um, we also have Niles Morgan. We really haven't heard a lot of from him, um, kid out of Illinois. He's still in the mix. Uh, we'll see how things break with him. I know he's pretty high in Vanderbilt, um, but kind of have to like Notre Dame's prospects if they turn up the heat on him. Um, Another prospect would be Richard the III out of Florida. He also visited in June. Um, I know the crystal ball is pretty much all Notre Dame locks for him. Uh, he's a bit of an inter- interesting prospect because he could play a couple different positions, so um, some people are projecting him to the middle. That's where I have him right now. Um, his his stature right now, I think, fits the middle. He never he could possibly outgrow the middle, but about 6'4", 220, I think he could be a nice, tall, 245-pound middle linebacker. But if he puts on more weight and grows a little bit more, I think he recently said he's a little bit on the younger side. He's still 16. Um, he could definitely grow into a outside linebacker at the cap position um, looking at the defensive the defensive backs um, not a lot of not a lot of targets here uh, Nick Watkins out of Texas would probably be the one player that sticks out as someone who Notre Dame has a really good shot at um, he's a cornerback I would only expect them to take one or two corners and just looking at the numbers crunch I think it's going to be one corner. If you look at safety, I really don't know what they're going to do there. Um, The numbers there last year were low. I think Redfield was the only safety. That's a pretty good safety to get if you're only going to get one. But um, you would kind of want more than one safety uh, in this class, but with the numbers, I'm not sure how realistic that's going to be. And, again, I don't really see anybody on on their target unless they throw some other offers out there. Juju Smith would be one of the elite kids that they're after that I think they want at safety, but I would still think that he's a long shot at this point. Um, I think he's supposed to visit for the USC game. I think he'll be here with Tyler, Lua Tua, and a whole slew of other kids, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, So just looking at that numbers, if you total it all up... um, Two wide receivers, one offensive lineman, or one tight end, either or there. Two two defensive linemen, two outside linebackers, two middle linebackers, one corner, one safety, that's 11 scholarships. And obviously we only have 10 right now left if it's going to be 23 spots. So you wonder, well, what position are they going to not going to be able to fill as well as we probably would like? And just taking a look at it, I would think it's probably going to be either middle linebacker or um, probably safety. So, you know, you could possibly get Muhan and Jurgen as potential middle linebackers, but Juergen could fill the outside linebacker spot, and they could only be sending one middle linebacker. Uh, well, it would be two with uh, Martini, but um, as far as the outside linebackers are concerned um, I would think they're going to target two there and defensive line seems like pretty set they're going to go after two again if Blankenship is a verbal I think that's a pretty clear indication that they're going to take five overall there I don't think they'll take Blankenship and then just rest on their laurels and not uh, take another defensive lineman I don't think that would be a very smart move, especially with some of these top kids still in the mix. Um, cornerback, again, Watkins, I think they have a pretty good shot at him, so that would be one one corner in this class. Um, and then I would expect next year, the 2015 class, probably is going to be a little bit heavy in the secondary. So really the, the verbal of Newsom, the... Kicker punter kind of put the numbers in a really big crunch there, so we're kind of looking. Well, you take a special teamer, and uh, that's kind of puts a little bit more stress on uh, the rest of the positions. So right now, take a little bit of a break, and when I come back, I will talk about some of the things coming up on the site, and uh, talk about some of the freshmen that might play in the offense from the article that I put up on Friday. Alright, so we're back and on Friday I posted an article on the freshmen who I think are most likely to play this year. Um, I'm not sure that's something we ever did before. We typically like to look at the redshirt freshmen after their first year and see where they kind of fit in with the program and where we think they're gonna play. Um, So this was something a little bit different. Um, Obviously, it's kind of throwing stuff on the wall and seeing what sticks without seeing them in practice or knowing what's going on in camp. So we'll get a clearer picture, obviously, when practice starts up. Um, Obviously, I had uh, Steve Elmer and Greg Bryant as the two guys I think that are definitely going to be playing. But I just want to talk about... um, three players that I think are the most intriguing players to watch once practice starts, which is a little bit different than who I think is going to be playing necessarily. I would term these players um, someone who I think might not be playing or someone that maybe deep down we think, hey, this kid could probably make a big jump. And just generally overall a player that I just really want to see in August, see where he is, see how good he is, and see if he's going to be playing this year. And those three players that I have in mind are Folston, Onwalu, and Biven. Folston, I think, um, and I think I talked about this in the article, could probably bump him up to the the top spot in the freshmen that are going to play with Elmer and Bryant. Um, I think with him it's just going to be interesting to see exactly how athletic he is, how quick and fast he is and maybe more importantly, where he's going to fit in with the offense. Um, I know he's probably going to be projected to play in the slot, and then we'll see how that depth chart breaks down with Carlisle coming back from his collarbone injury. And then maybe play something somebody like uh, C.J. Proceis getting some more reps there, and then Daniel Smith or tight ends getting in the mix there. So we'll see uh, what Folson can do there. The second player on Walu very intriguing player. I kind of was skeptical in my article about him breaking through into the receiving core this year. Um, I know if you kind of just glance at who's coming back and stuff like that, it seems like maybe he could break into the two deep, but I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult, especially if he's still an outside receiver. I don't think he's going to be able to beat out um, Carlisle and some of the tight ends that are going to be flexing out and stuff like that. Uh, I think maybe his shot is a little bit better on the outside. But then again, he's well put together. Seems like a really mature kid. He's came in early in January. Very physical type of kid that's very – just knows what he's doing, at wide receiver. He's not as raw as some of the other kids. So I'm just interested to see where, where he's at in August. Um I don't think that necessarily means that I expect him to to play or make a move, but I think he could be someone that's going to be on special teams, maybe possibly someone who will be in the return game. You never know. And the third player would be Biven, offensive lineman. looks like he's probably going to be going into camp as a center, possibly at the guard position. I know I've said it before a few times. I kind of like him at guard a lot more actually thought he was a tackle all the way coming out, but it looks like the staff has different plans. Um, so if he's not playing tackle, I think I would rather have him at guard than center. I think his status might be subject to see how the, the offensive line battle goes for the first team. If Nick Martin is going to be taking hold of the first team center, um, I think that might be a pretty clear indication that they should move Biven. To to guard and see if he can make the two deep. Uh, I know on one of the recent Irish Illustrated podcasts they talk about him coming into the summer and just looking really good physically. Um, So he might be someone that I'm interested to see where he's at. He's a big kid. Uh, Some might say he was probably the best lineman in this class, maybe a little bit better than Elmer. That might be controversial, but I might make that case. I'm just interested to see where he's at uh, when fall camp starts. As far as what's coming up on our site, I just wanted to talk about a few things on this short little podcast. Um, obviously, we'll have five more summer opponent previews coming up. Uh, we'll have Air Force this week, and that'll we'll finish up uh, the rest of the schedule with Navy, Pittsburgh, BYU, and Stanford. Um, I think the Air Force ones and the Navy ones are always kind of interesting because it's kind of hard to get a read on their roster, and it's good to get an insight from someone who covers those teams. Uh, and I was able to get um, some good answers out of some guys from Air Force and Navy um, as well. A little bit later in this week, it's probably not going to be till next Monday, we'll, I'm hoping to have some coverage of the opening this podcast is going up on a Monday, um, so you probably have already seen we've put up the SB Nation, the opening hub on our site. Um, there's lots of good content in there if you want to check that out. Um, this weekend, the Elite 11 for the quarterbacks has been going on, and uh, I don't think that will be aired on television until a later time. Um, coming up this week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the opening – starts and then some of that stuff will be on TV and uh, I'm hoping to watch some of that and just come out with, talk a little bit about some of the Notre Dame players, some of the Notre Dame commits, some of the targets, um, just a hodgepodge of all the different players there and what I think. Um, again, that probably won't come out till next Monday, so that might be a little bit later than some of the other opening content, but um, it's out in the West Coast. Um, at Beaverton, Oregon, at Nike's headquarters, and some of that stuff's on pretty late. I think the last uh, the last thing on TV doesn't end until midnight on Wednesday, so that'd be midnight Eastern, so it just won't be worth it to turn around and get something out on Thursday or Friday. Um, so as I said, the Elite 11's been going on. Um, Deshaun Kaiser's been there. Looking like he's doing pretty well. Um, There's been a couple articles out there recapping how it's been so far. Um, It doesn't look like he's in the the top group right now, the top five or six. Uh, It does look like Kyle Allen is possibly the top quarterback in the nation. I think after his showcase at the Rivals camp in Chicago and now this camp uh, the opening in Oregon, He's probably going to solidify himself as the top quarterback in the nation. But it does appear that Kaiser is just below that bottom group, or the top group, I'm sorry. And it uh, could be two straight years that Notre Dame will be signing an Elite 11 quarterback, uh, as many of you know. Last year, Zaire kind of took off once he finished up at, at the Elite 11. He really impressed a lot of people, and it looks like Kaiser is doing a lot of the same there. Yeah. Um, People have been pretty impressed with his work ethic. Um, really smart kid, willing to learn. Those have been some of the attributes that people are throwing out there. But also, he's got really good size. He's definitely 6'4", maybe even a full 6'5". Um, they like the way he moves, throws a nice ball. And that's pretty much backing up what I what I thought I saw with him uh, once he verbaled and took a good look at him. A lot of people said that he's pretty raw as a prospect. I don't think he's quite as raw as people think. Um, As I said in Jim's article when he verbaled, I think when they say he's raw, he just has so much potential. And the sky's the limit with him. But I think uh, he's not that bad of a passer or he's not that bad with his footwork where he really needs a ton of work in those areas. Obviously, he needs some work and he'll need to continue to get better, but... I think right now he's pretty much a a really good put-together put quarterback. Uh, and I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a great fit for Notre Dame. So the opening is going to finish up on Wednesday, and we'll probably have something out next Monday, uh, kind of recapping everything that happened. And you can stay tuned to everything on SB Nation. Uh, I know they have a lot of guys – covering that stuff. I think they have a few guys up in Oregon taking a look at everything. There's going to be lots of videos, lots of content, so that should keep you uh, interested until we kind of get something up on next Monday and we can talk about it in our within our community. Um, we're also going to be taking a look at some of the uncommitted recruits. Um, bit of a late off-season uh, content for us. Um, we've never really done anything like this. Um, it'll be about 10 players I think the list is about 10 players of uncommitted prospects we're just going to throw one out there maybe once or twice a week Um, just talk about the prospect, what we like about them where Notre Dame stands Um, just in an effort to expand our recruiting coverage a little bit Um, we think this might be something that everyone on our site will enjoy Um, I know it can be hard to um, organize everything and recruiting sometimes and even with something like the big board it can be kind of over- overwhelming. So hopefully this gives a little bit more of a better insight into individual players and uh, our community can talk about what they like about each player and where they think they fit in at Notre Dame. Um, another thing that's going to be dropping this week is a post from EA Sports. Um, I really won't talk a whole lot about it. Um, you probably if you frequent any other SB Nation site you might see uh, this post up at one of the other college blocks but we'll have another post up we'll have one post of our own up as well um, probably tomorrow I'm um, this on a Monday so it'll probably be tomorrow on a Tuesday and I want to say if you're a regular um, commentator on our site you might want to pay attention um, give that post a read because um, you might be able to be involved um, and a second post with that. So um, just keep your eye on out for that, and I would suggest you read it if you're regular. The last thing I wanted to bring up is a new project that will be dropping this Friday. Um, again, I'm not really going to give anything away. Um, this is something that I've been working on for a few weeks now. It's something different, um, something we've never really done before, um, and I'll just wait for everyone to see what it is. Um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Hopefully you enjoy it. Since it's me, it's going to be a little bit long, but I think it's going to work really well um, with our site. It'll be a little bit different, um, something we've never really done before. and uh, I'll just leave it at that. So That'll be coming out on Friday. Um, That should give you the weekend um, to get through it. It's not going to be anything crazy, but It will be a little bit longer than um, some of the regular stuff we do. And that's it. That's going to wrap up the One Foot Down Podcast Episode 4. We have about one month until fall practice starts. And we'll see you in about two weeks or so. Hopefully we'll have another podcast. Um, We'll see if we can get some more guests on here, um, some people from our own staff. And we'll see you then. Take care.